Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sponsor Talk podcast, where we interview some of the leading minds in the world of sponsorship marketing, discover the various ways how brands interact with properties in sports, film, music, and the arts. Today, I brought out actually my red carpet outfit, <laughs> and uh, it's because we're entering the world of film and chatting with Jennifer Fries, who's a nine-year veteran at the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, and for those that don't know, TIFF is the largest public film festival in the world. It's heading into its 45th year and is known universally as the unofficial kickoff to the prestige film season. Basically, it's where a lot of the world's best movies are premiered. Time Magazine even called the event the most influential film festival, period. Jen, welcome to the studio. Thank you. That's a great introduction. Yeah, I know. I worked <laughs> on that last night. Um, so let's start a little bit about your career, what brought you to TIFF, and you know, ever since you were uh, starting your career, how did that go? Well, I was I was actually somewhat recruited to TIFF after a career that spanned both the marketing agency world as well as nonprofit consulting. So um, started way back, and I think uh, hopefully you have some listeners here from Mosaic, which is obviously a massive experiential marketing agency. Um, so none of you would probably remember me since I was there, uh, I don't want to say how many years ago, but more than a decade, and uh, went on from uh, leading some amazing um, agency work there, doing some amazing uh, account, accounts work with uh great leading brands, Fortune 500 brands, onto doing some nonprofit consulting for small to mid-sized nonprofits across uh, North America. And so it was a really nice kind of hybrid of experience to go on to work in sponsorship at TIFF. And I got a call once from a friend of mine there, uh, who at the time was a director of marketing. And she said, hey, you know, we've got this role for you. We think it's going to be a really nice fit. And, uh, and actually, I started two days before the 2011 festival. Cool. Trial by uh, fire. Yeah, no, I mean, that's how it is. Um, so how was that transition from moving from the agency side over to the property side? Was there a level of a mentality switch for you at all? Honestly, no. If anything, I think having all those perspectives is really, really helpful. And what I will say is I encourage everyone uh, who's in this industry to try to get experience on all sides of the business. It really does help you put yourself in the shoes of your clients, um, of your partners, and really be a little bit more thoughtful about their perspectives, what their drivers would be, and how you can best service them. Totally. I feel like when I moved from the property side to the client side, it became something that just well-rounded me more as a professional. And you had you, sympathy? <laughs> I had sympathy, I 100%. Um, it's not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. So uh, glad to hear that. Yeah. I'd say, you're, tell us about what you're doing now. So you're leading the partnerships team with TIFF. Um, yes. What's exciting, what's going on? Well, what isn't going on? Partnerships group at TIFF is a, a really large group. It's a, a really important driver of revenue for the organization. So uh, partnerships at TIFF means a lot more than um, sort of just a traditional sponsorship model. So we have our partnership new business and asset development side of the business. Um, we have an incredible series of leaders actually across all of the different areas of business that I want to quickly shout out right now. I, I hope they'll be to listening it. at some point. Um, so, uh, so on our new business side, uh, it's, it's led by uh, Chloe on my team who does 
does an incredible job um, with asset development, with um, bringing in all of the net new business uh, to the organization with, with any of our corporate partners. We have uh, Rena, who runs our account side of the business, which represents uh, over 100 corporate partners, and so uh, an incredible portfolio across every single major industry. And then we have Meredith, who runs our hospitality and event partnership business. Now, that's a really interesting piece of partnership business because it's not in any way the traditional sponsorship model. It includes all of our hospitality partners, which is restaurants and hotels. Mm -hmm. um, it includes all of our official event partners. And so some of the best events that you hear about and see in the media over the festival time period as well as year-round, any of those really red carpet glitz and glamour, VIP people waiting in line for hours trying to get in. Got it, yeah. Those are the events that she's actually helping us secure as official partners. And uh, and of course, the business that she runs at year-round at Tiff Bell Lightbox. So that's, of course, our year-round cultural facility at King & John. And uh, she does an incredible job with her team with our third-party events business and our partner film festivals, which to me is actually one of the sort of lifebloods of our audience experience at Tiff year-round. That's awesome that you just got give them all shout outs. I love it. Well, they're the, they're the best. drivers. Sounds, they're yeah. incredible. I, I couldn't imagine this uh, doing this job without them. And quite frankly, with our entire team, um, we're very lucky at TIFF to really attract some of the best and brightest talent. I, I think we I have a, a unique group of hustlers. So, uh, no, we really I'm very, very proud of them and, and proud to be a member of that team. OK, so let's take a step back. And I feel like we have a lot of listeners that come from a range of cities here in Toronto. We know what TIFF is about. Um, but for those that don't know about TIFF, can you can you summarize the event? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I, I don't know if I can do better than you did, actually, at the beginning. So that was perfect. So we are the world's largest public film festival. Um, we are known for being uh, sort of the tastemakers going into award season, which is something that's really, really important to us. Obviously, in attracting the best film premieres, mm -hmm. the best talent to come to our festival, um, but also to, to really have eyes on Toronto. Um, there was a stat a couple of years ago that came out that one in three mentions of TIFF in uh, international media, or sorry, one of three mentions of Toronto and international media directly actually associated with TIFF. Is that right? Which wow. was wild to me. Um, but when you really think about it, it is, it's everywhere. Whenever uh, people are talking about big movies that are, are coming out, oftentimes they started at TIFF and they're showing pictures from our red carpets and our premieres. And um, in award season, we tend to be, uh, if not the most nominated, then one of the most nominated um, festivals in terms of the amount of films that we premiered that go on to get major nominations so mm -hmm. um we're going to talk about that in a bit oh it's it's, yeah. it's a pretty exciting stat and you know we've really turned um you know turned the course of some films around there are films that didn't really have platforms and weren't really expected to do much before tiff and they went on to uh you know oscar glory so yeah i think you know tiff really is very important but tiff is only tiff with our audience tiff is only tiff with toronto toronto i mean it's in our name it's it is the the blood that courses through tiff's veins you know and and I think that the People's Choice Award specifically at TIFF um, is really the marker for the international industry on what's going to be tracking with audiences. And it's funny you touch upon that because I feel like Toronto has such a global, diverse audience. So part of the reason why a lot of filmmakers and a lot of directors are coming to Toronto to premiere the movies is to get a good read on 
globally probably how it would perform absolutely and the reason for that of course is that we have so many cultures represented here so you get so many different perspectives and torontonians tend to be a bit more of an open-minded bunch we're and also quite frankly i think we're tastemakers depends on what day if it's a monday <laughs> maybe not true yeah um but overall overall you know i think toronto is such a beautiful representation of so many places got it yep. um, and that's why the toronto audience can really speak to how things are going to do globally yeah, I can totally attest to that. But let's talk about the quality of the movies that get premiered. So TIFF has a history of kind of being this crystal ball mm -hmm. of predicting Oscar wins, right? And it's the start, unofficial start, of movie premiere season, right? So can we talk about the quality of film premieres at the festival? And let's start with a few things. So <laughs> the People's Choice Award you just mentioned, TIFF last year, the top three movies for the award were Jojo Rabbit, uh, Parasite, Marriage Story, and they want to combine six Oscars. So there's a lot of great movies. And I have a stat here that's of also I'm going to bring up is 55% of Best Picture nominations in the last year were premiered at TIFF. So what is it that it brings some of the best movies at, to the forefront of TIFF? Well, first I have to shout out, I'm doing tons of shout outs on this, so thank you for giving me a platform for that. I have you to shout it. out our amazing, our amazing programming team. We have an incredible group of international programmers who um, really know the industry inside and out. They know all the key players and they just, I personally believe, are the best in the business at, at finding those amazing films. So uh, they do such an incredible job. And I think they also are quite, quite a diverse group. And so they do have those diverse perspectives that will really land well with audiences. So... Um, First things first, they're doing their job. Secondly, I do think that, um, like I said before, because we do have this incredible public audience, we have the voice of the public here. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not just film critics. It's not just film industry insiders or people who maybe have a more... Um, uh, I don't want to use the word esoteric. That's wrong. Um, probably a sort of a sort of more academic view of film. These are this is the uh, the public going uh, public audience. This is the the film going audience. These are the ones who are really going to um, say what a film is really going to look like, how it's going to do. And and actually, what's really interesting is that some films premiere at TIFF, they actually get feedback from the audience, and those directors and producers go on to actually make edits wow, after okay. TIFF. Um, and in many cases. The edits end up really helping that film do better when it actually goes to a wider release. So that, I think, is really saying something about the quality of the critiquing of the public. That's amazing. Uh, I had no idea yeah. that they, they actually make adjustments as they premiere movies. Okay, wow. Um, so when I personally think about film festivals, I think about a few things. So we got the fancy celebrities coming in. We've got exclusive parties, red carpets, fancy outfits. Um, <laughs> But when I think about TIFF, I think about something different. So all those things are there, but I think about the focus on making the event very accessible. So I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you have hundreds of thousands of people coming to the city to attend TIFF. Mm -hmm. So why is it important that you go against the grain and focus more on inclusiveness rather than exclusiveness with the events? Well, um, I don't know if you know the origins of our festival. So in 1976, when the festival first started, it actually was called the Festival of Festivals. And it was bringing together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to take you back. Okay. Um, it really it brought together all of the absolute best of all of the international festivals in one place. Got it. Um, and as part of that, the whole idea is that we were welcoming. We're all about being welcoming and inclusive and have been since the, the first festival that we ever had. Hmm. And I think over time, what's been really interesting is our volunteer program 
program has become really one of these sort of highlights of, of what makes TIFF. We have uh, th over 3,000 volunteers who actually come and volunteer every every year, both during the festival as well as year-round, and they really are the most incredible supporters of what we do. We could not do what we do without our volunteers, and they are so friendly and so welcoming, and they are there having a great time. They're taking time off work. They're using their two weeks of vacation for the year specifically mm -hmm. on TIFF, which is so incredible. And so over the years, through our volunteers, through our staff, through the experience that we've really tried to create, that welcoming experience, we have become known as the Friendly Festival. Um, and that is something that we, we really feel represents us and will continue. So on that note of accessibility and inclusiveness, Festival Village is something that started probably five, six years ago. Yeah. And for those that don't know, um, it's had a significant growth year over year. Mm -hmm. But I'll let you explain what Festival Village is all about, the closure of King Street, all of that. Um, what do you feel sparked that growth around that event? Well, I mean, we were really lucky to be in partnership, uh, close partnership with the city of Toronto on this. And of course, with the, with the TTC, because well, it's shutting had to down be. King Street is it's not, not an easy, easy feat. Not at all. We appreciate everyone's patience <laughs> as we do that. We're trying to create the best experience, obviously, for the film going audience. There are a number of different factors uh, to consider, actually, when we look at Festival Village. So aside from the fact that it's an incredible opportunity to bring everyone together in one place and really um, have the whole city of Toronto be able to feel TIFF, to experience TIFF with absolutely no price attached to it. Mm -hmm. um, and also if they weren't able to get tickets for some reason um, to actually see a film in cinema. So it's a really nice opportunity for, for everyone to be welcome from, you know, three-year-olds. I brought my three-year-old last year. He had a great time, lots of red carpet photos with him, yeah. uh, all the way through to, you know, great-great-grandparents. So it. um, it's a beautiful intergenerational opportunity and, as you say, really uh, accessible and inclusive. But above and beyond that, it's also for safety. I mean, we have red carpets that are running literally right on King Street, which mm -hmm. is wild. So it's a really great opportunity for us to uh, really consider all of the needs of the audience. And I would say that anytime we're doing anything at TIFF, the first thing that we're thinking about is the audience. What's going to help them? What's going to benefit them? What's going to make their TIFF experience better? And so Festival Street was a mechanism to really kind of kill multiple birds with one stone. Yeah, I love that audience first and audience like enrichment sort of yeah. vibe that you kind of touched on. Um, when I go every year to TIFF, like I walk around Festival Village, you know, there's a spark and energy around the city mm -hmm. uh, when the event's going on for 11 days. But I also noticed that all the partners that are activating around Festival Village <laughs> have film inspired activations. Yes. Yeah. And so why is that important that it's not like a plug and play sort of activation for some of these corporate partners, but it's more embarked and uh, attached to what TIFF is all about? Well, we really think our audiences are pretty smart. We know our audiences really, really well. They have seen it all. They are, you know, tend to be really, really um, intelligent people, people who have been to many events, people who have experienced lots of things. They're early adopters. They know what's up in the world. And so what we want to do is make something feel really natural. Essentially, if we're having this festival village, it needs to feel like festival. It needs to make sense for what TIFF is all about. And so anytime we're working with our partners, we do uh, require 
desire that we we have that conversation around, okay, how do we all hit our mutual objectives? But also, how do we ensure that this is actually enhancing something for the audience? And so for a festival village, we do have the rule, which actually crosses everything that we do, that there has to be an attachment to film or film culture. And that really is because we believe that our partners are an extension of the in-cinema experience. I love that. I feel like more properties should be thinking along that mindset. That's that's really cool. I can tell you the more that our partners actually tie to film culture in a really clear way, the better their survey results are when we go out to our audiences. And it forces their partner agencies to think creatively around it, Absolutely. right? So like I found, you know, some McDonald's was launching coffee one year that I went and uh, I, I don't remember how they did it, but they, they incorporated film throughout the whole activation and and I loved it more because of it. Yeah, no, we have incredible, incredible partners who activate across all categories. And I think that's a really interesting thing about film. Mm-hmm. Film is such an accessible art medium that you really can tie film culture to almost any brand, to almost any category. And that's why we do have such a diverse array. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone's got a different emotional attachment to film. Yeah. Um, so everyone perceives that activation or that event that they're attending in a different way. Exactly. And it means something different to each person. So that's cool. Um, You've been there nine years now yes. at TIFF. Variety of roles, but mostly in, all in the partnership side. Um, how have you seen the organization shift or evolve in the last nine years? And is there anything different about you know the way you treat sponsorships? I have a lot of friends that work for your team that um, you know talk about this hunter farmer model. Yeah. And I, I, you got to tell me because I, I keep hearing about it. So what's that about? <laughs> the hunter farmer model. So essentially, when I first started at TIFF, and I will say the main thing that I've experienced is just enormous growth over the past nine years. Um, It's incredible how TIFF has skyrocketed and, of course, as you mentioned, has become one of the most important moments um, on the film industry's calendar of the entire year. So um, during that time period, we had to adapt. We had to change. And so when when I first started at TIFF uh, in 2011, we were kind of doing everything. And that's a lot for a team to manage. So we had um, everyone selling everyone managing accounts. Uh, There was really sort of no clear um, schedule through the year in terms of who was doing what when. And it it became really onerous because, yeah, as we got bigger, more people wanted Mm -hmm. to partner with us. And so after a period of time, uh, my very good friend and colleague uh, sat down with me and and we said, we can't sustain this any longer as we continue to grow. We were having on average 20, 30% growth year over year at that time. So it it was really aggressive. And so we sat down and said, okay, what can we do? And so what we did was we actually re-interviewed every person on the team, which I think some found amusing and some found totally terrifying. And uh, we essentially talked to them about what what they cared about, what mattered to them, what were their own professional goals, um, and, you know, what did they see themselves doing best at the organization. Mm -hmm. And from there, we divided them up into hunters those are salespeople, mm-hmm. and the farmers, who are the accounts people. And so um, the team actually was split into two, and we actually had leadership for two different verticals, um, which in the end ended up being so much more efficient. We had everyone really becoming experts mm-hmm. in their fields. And actually, in one single year, we saw a 35% growth from that change. It seems like such a simple concept, yeah. yet I find the number of it, like properties out there that are specifically trying to do it all at once manage both the partnership management and the execution of new business development and sometimes if your team gets big enough 
there is efficiencies in splitting it out and you saw that with your um, work there. I really recommend it uh, in, in terms of um, work-life balance, in terms of our ability to become those experts, mm-hmm. um, and, and quite frankly, in terms of our ability to be a little bit more thoughtful about how we were approaching categories. That really made a huge difference for us. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so on the partnership side, I'd say there's 11 days that you're doing most of your activations around. Correct. But it's a season-long um, activation schedule that your team has as well. So how do you find it to, like, is it is it tough for you to activate around some of those partners throughout the year? Or is it something that uh, you have specifically designed into the programming elements of that your team handles? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in full transparency, it's something that we are growing. Um, the year-round experience at TIFF is only 10 years old. It's the 10th year of TIFF Bell Lightbox. And so as um, you know, we start to, to grow and figure out what is TIFF Bell Lightbox going to be uh, for the next 10, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. we think about what are those really great partner integration points. And, and we've seen a huge amount of success as I mentioned with our, our partner festivals and with some of the third party events that we have in our building um, and then our partners have really great integration points as well above and beyond the, the our own programming that we have 365 yes we are still absolutely doing most of our activation with our Naturally, partners yeah course. during the festival it's it's the shiny penny it's when we have the most uh, audience attention mm-hmm. um, certainly international attention but uh, what I will say is now all of our partnerships are actually built to be year round so it gives mm-hmm. partners the opportunity to activate um, you know in a really opportunistic way when things come up year round both from a programming perspective as well as you know a conversational zeitgeist perspective yeah. um, and I think we're doing uh, much better at that over the last couple of years i still can't get over I, i'm thinking about something in the past i still can't get over toronto mentions like one in three <laughs> mentions of the city of toronto is, is around tip that's crazy yeah yeah um, no it was a wild stat okay so let's talk a little bit about how technology shifting so a consumer is absorbing film content in a lot of different ways right so we know that technology is putting us in a different direction of how uh we we view content so you know, how is your team reacting to that? And is there any sort of partnerships that your team has worked on that's kind of shifted and allowing you to focus more on streaming content or or digital integration there? Well, again, because we are partnered with so many different types of businesses, even within the film industry, we have to be really thoughtful about how we're balancing all of the different types of of, um, content viewing opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we ourselves are a cinema. We believe in the cinema experience. We believe in watching a film um, communally, having a conversation around film. Mm -hmm. And that typically does have to happen in a live environment. So, um, you know, we've got a partnership with Cineplex. We've got partnerships with um, other other traditional um, uh, theaters, as well as, of course, our own theater activities that we do. So while that continues to be a huge priority for us we also are navigating this brave new world of as we all streaming are content, as we yeah. all are you know it's of a course. completely changing industry and quite frankly um it if anything just offers more amazing content to the audience and being that audience first uh first voice um mm-hmm. at tiff we really we we support um the idea of more content better content and really everyone challenging each other to make better content out in the world. So um, we have done some amazing partnerships. So of course, Bell is one of our, our, is our lead partner. So one of our our largest partners at TIFF, um, an incredible partner of ours. 
their name is on the building. Yep. Um, and of course, with Bell Media, they have Crave. And so we recently just launched the um, TIFF channel on, Cra on Crave. So it's called Best of TIFF. Um, and it gives us an opportunity to be out there for everyone nationwide as well and show the best premieres that happened at TIFF, as well as some films that have not had any Canadian releases yet officially oh. go through the Crave channel. Is so that right? Okay. It is. Yeah, we just launched that in January. All right. Yeah. So cool. so 11 films that actually did not have distribution on any other channel. We actually worked with Crave to secure those, and they are now available across the country um, to any Crave subscriber. And um, it's an incredible opportunity for people to see films they normally would not have the opportunity to see, which is what TIFF is also all about. And I feel like it provides that reach that sometimes uh, a lot of lesser-known directors or lesser-known filmmakers might get through a channel like Crave. Yeah, and what we're really excited about is seeing on this channel, you know, we've got things like A Star is Born next to other films that from filmmakers, as you say, that maybe mm -hmm. people hadn't heard about before. And so when you're done watching A Star is Born and you're like, what's, you know, what's next? Well, you know, we trust TIFF. We trust TIFF's curation. We trust that Naturally, they're only yeah. going to pick great things. I should try this new thing. And that's really the goal of, of that Crave partnership is, mm -hmm. is getting people to see more, to try different kinds of content and really expand their horizons. Yeah. Um, can you take us through some of the partners that are synonymous with TIFF? So you talked about Bell, um, yeah. you know, L'Oreal Paris, RBC, Visa. There's a lot of brands that have been with TIFF for a long time. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about those partnerships? Well, I mean, those are all, those are our major partners, right? They're, they're absolutely incredible and have been around for, in many cases, uh, actually, I actually think every single one of them over a decade. Um, they are so important to us. And I think that they have really gotten on board with us in terms of that um, enhancing the audience experience, audience first mentality. They're mm -hmm. really working side by side with us to ensure that everything they do is going to uh, enhance the audience experience. And I think the nice thing about them is that they're all so very different in how they show up mm -hmm. that it really is adding so much uh, interesting diversity in, in, in how we are um, uh, giving them an experience with our audience. Yeah. So, I mean, you've been there nine years, mm -hmm. right? So you must have seen some really impactful programming, impactful um, partner activations. Is there anything that comes to mind about, uh, you know, successful partnership activations that you've seen around TIFF? I mean, there are so many. Um, I think I mentioned a few already, but the one that's really on my mind right now, and I don't know when this is coming out, but we're recording the day after <laughs> International Women's Day. Yep. And um, I was just yesterday at the L'Oreal Paris Women of Worth Gala, which is an incredible program that L'Oreal Paris runs around uh, incredible female volunteers across Canada. And they give grants to these women. They help support their causes they give a platform for their causes mm -hmm. and um, in partnership with TIFF's own Share Her Journey campaign which is our, our gender equity campaign that we've been doing for a couple years and I'll talk about that more in, in a few minutes um, it's it's really uh, an incredible opportunity for us to partner and we created this moment last year on the TIFF red carpet mm -hmm. and it was the Women of Worth walk and it was at the Harriet film premiere so how perfect, perfect uh, yeah. theme wise and we invited some of these 
incredible female volunteers, non-industry people, not film people, women who are just doing incredible things in their communities. Um, L'Oreal Paris flew them all into Toronto, got them ready, and we actually walked them down the gala red carpet and they uh, were able to speak to media. They were greeted by the fans Mm -hmm. and uh, went on to have uh, an incredible evening, an incredible weekend um, talking about, you know, all the things that they're doing in their own communities. And so it was really, to me, um, such an amazing moment, probably one of my favorite nights that I've ever had in my nine years at Which the Which is festival. a big statement. That's a big statement, yeah. yeah. And I think it really, for me, it, it really encapsulated everything we're trying to do around gender equity. It's not just about the film industry. It's about the fact that the film industry is so public-facing and mm-hmm. how can this become then a ripple effect for um, women's uh, causes uh, above and beyond our own industry. See, what I love about that is that one of your partners, L'Oreal Paris, isn't a brand that's trying to lean in on um, the relevance of International Women's Day, but it's something all year round yeah. that they've really invested in in the growth of women when it comes to uh, their development. So that's awesome that you're working with a partner like that, especially it being Women's History Month. Um, I think this opens up the door to an exciting conversation. So being International Women's Day yesterday, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about gender initiatives. So in the film industry, it's a big conversation, right? So Time's Up, Me Too, there's a lot of um, movements that have come from the film industry. And in 2018, you know, TIFF was faced with a lot of those conversations, a lot of them negatively around the film industry. And you said, as an organization, we're going to commit five years to increasing opportunities for women behind the camera, in front of the camera, overall in in the film industry. So... You know, I, one, it's part of an effort to get 50-50 gender parity um, within the industry, and inclusion is a huge part of the festival. Tell us about, you know, the commitment and why it was so important for TIFF. Well, I mean, I think, it, again, everything we do is very authentically us. And so what's what's interesting with our gender parity campaign, which, of course, is called Share Her Journey, it actually started before 2018. It started before all of the scandals started coming out late 2017, 2018, and through 2019. Um, so this is the vision of our, was the vision of our leadership already back 2016, 2017. They noted this problem. They saw this problem and they said, you know what, we can address this. We can do something about it. So I, I think it's really important to point that out that this wasn't kind of an opportunistic, oh, there's a scandal, let's do a thing. Mm-hmm. This is actually something that we realize is, is systematic, has been going on um, since the dawn of the film industry. And so um, that really was a very kind of authentic moment for us to step in, create this campaign. Since then, uh, we've raised millions of dollars that have gone towards our gender parity initiatives, Mm -hmm. including, as you mentioned, training programs for uh, female filmmakers, working on, um, you know, even producers, writers. We have an incredible in-house writer at TIFF who actually has been with us for a a couple of months, uh, and she's... uh, essentially been doing work in the TIFF environment and, mm-hmm. and really representing the face of female filmmakers um, and the female film industry right right in our offices, which is really exciting. So this is really something that is is absolutely at the core of what we do. And we have been world leaders in this area now for a couple of years. And so we'll continue to push ourselves to have more films by female filmmakers premiered both during the festival as well as year round. We will continue to shine a spotlight on female filmmakers' 
um, of all different, again, in front of the camera as well as behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this is going to be something that uh, I think you'll see a lot more of at this upcoming festival and, uh, and through all the initiatives that we do year round. Yeah. And I just, I love the fact that it's a long-term commitment. It's embraced and ingrained in the DNA of who TIFF is with a huge female executive team, um, trying to spark a conversation around something that needs to be talked about. Absolutely. And I think, you know, part of our goal now is that we've done really well building up this sort of base of, we are at 50% participation, actually over 50% participation in our industry programs. Um, we are, you know, getting there in terms of the actual films that are directed by uh, women at the festival. And, you know, I think that really also now leads to us talking about intersectionality in mm-hmm. this conversation and how can we ensure that um, that is represented as well. Awesome. Um, okay, so TIFF, obviously, Toronto-based very global, very diverse culture. Does that impact how you incorporate diversity inclusion initiatives into um, into the work-life balance there? Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, we consider diversity and inclusion across absolutely everything we do. Of course, from our hiring practices and not in sort of a checkbox kind of way, but in a okay, how are these people actually going to help us um, together, come together as a community and really represent uh, all the voices within Toronto and all the perspectives within Toronto? So mm-hmm. from that all the way through to uh, the community partners that we have, we always want to ensure that when we're doing um, any programming that we're being thoughtful and bringing in thought leaders from different communities, from different backgrounds, um, to to ensure that our, our um, analysis of those films, the discussions that we're facilitating are really healthy and really appropriate and and well well thought through so we do that across the board and absolutely everything that we do and I will say that is something that we are really pointing out also with our partners and um, we actually do have that as part of our sort of rules yeah. and regulations and partnering with us that they do consider all of the different communities that are represented in in the country and in some cases we have partners who are really they're world leaders in mm-hmm. in uh, diversity inclusion and, and certainly in their relationships with certain cultural communities and so we we lean on them as well for that cool um yeah so you actually had mentioned that you had one of the best times at the l'oreal paris event um in your nine-year history with tiff is there any is there any fun moments that you've seen in terms of celebrities or in terms of anything (laughs) because i gotta ask this question um when you think about tiff you think about all the like the fun parties the red carpets Anything that, you know, you're going to look back at your TIFF career and be like, that was pretty cool. Oh, God. You know what the problem is? There are so many. And I know it's funny because people say, oh, yeah, everyone thinks your job is so glamorous. It can't possibly be that glamorous. It's like actually kind of that great. It, it really yeah. is. You do. You have these incredible moments. You get invited to amazing events. You speak with amazing people. Um, and some people really surprise you in the best way. Mm-hmm. And I would say I'm, I'll give you one like totally, you know, great celebrity story. I'm waiting for (laughs) that. um, A couple of years ago, we had Keanu Reeves in for an In Conversation with event, which was, uh, it's a really great on on stage series where we talk to major talent. It happens at Tiffel Lightbox year round, as well as during the festival. We had him year uh, year round uh, scheduling. And so we had a green room and we were so lucky to be able to invite some guests from one of our partners to attend. And, um, you know, of course, this is probably, I'm going to say, 
six years ago, so before sort of the big renaissance of Keanu Reeves. And it was just at the cusp before John Wick came out. And uh, we, we were, I was so excited to meet him because I'm a huge fan already. And we got into that green room and he is every bit as nice as you think he's going to be based on, you know, everything we're seeing in the media. Mm -hmm. But we actually had our guest bring their nine-year-old daughter to the green room. And so she came in and she was sitting on the couch and he came over and chatted with everyone and he stopped and he saw there was this kid there. So he came over and introduced himself and he just started chatting with her about, you know, what she liked in movies. And she mentioned that she actually was auditioning for her school play Into the Woods in a couple of days and she was a little nervous about it. So he sat down with her for 15 minutes and practiced her lines for Into the Woods in the green room. That's so cool. It was like peak Keanu. Yeah. Uh, so we we absolutely... Uh, <laughs> peak Keanu. We were, we were so thrilled. It was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, like you can't script this. This yeah. is just incredible. She will never forget it. I will never forget it. It was such a special moment. And so you do. You have those magic moments where you think, wow, this is, this is really cool. Who else gets to have you know, experiences like this. Yeah. And I feel like you hear in the media all the time about how Keanu is such a nice person. It's a nice reflection that he actually is that nice in person. Yeah. Um, despite of, what you see on social. Yeah, no, no, no. A lot of a lot of celebs actually are. They're really down to earth. And that's I think the other thing that's really cool about this, especially for our partners also, you know, when they get to come to green rooms and they get to be on red carpets, um, and they get to invite their audiences to and their customers to do all of those things as well. Yeah. You know, you realize that these major film talents, they are just people. And um, So you, you know, never get starstruck. I don't think I've ever, maybe once with Tilda Swinton. She was huh. speaking three languages, you know, back to back at once in the green room also. And I was like, okay, you are officially it's funny the how, coolest. It's funny how one, <laughs> it's like it's the people you least expect. So I have a tip story that okay. I was walking around uh, King Street. It was like 1030 in the morning and I happened to walk by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah. And it was just him and another person. And usually I'm pretty composed in these scenarios. I would have talked to him, walked by, I stopped and he said, hi. And I just kept walking. And I didn't know how to respond to don't be Gordon weird, Levitt. Don't be weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting to see that even even you have that every once in a while. Well, I had uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, who is, of course, the most incredible um, Latin American film talent. Uh, he's actually held the door open for me twice over the course of my nine years. At oh, wow. like, he's okay. just like a yeah. gentleman all the time. Okay. So uh, it's amazing. You know, these, these some of these folks are just incredible and, um, you know, obviously incredibly talented from an artistic perspective, but also just real humans. And they really love our audiences. They love coming to TIFF because they do get that real time feedback from real people. Yeah. And um, and so that's, I think, why we do garner so much great talent here here at, in Toronto. I mean, that's part of the cool thing about about a lot of the TIFF premieres is there's Q&As at the end. Mm -hmm. um, you get to hear from the director, from some of the actors, and it feels very um, close-knit in terms of the communication you can have. And like you said earlier, it's there is circumstances where you can actually impact the direction the film goes in terms of adjustments or anything they, they change moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the, our audiences have a voice. We're okay. happy to share it. So we're, we're just about out of time. But what I'm trying to do with this series is leave people with a little bit of career advice as they start their careers or, um, you know, for people that are in the industry that aren't as experienced as you are yet. What, what can you leave them with in terms of learnings from your career? 
Uh, well, one thing I've really had to learn, which I'm actually terrible at in full transparency, is to have patience. You do have to have a bit of patience. And, uh, you know, sometimes you aren't going to totally understand um, other people's perspectives. And it can get really frustrating. And so I think if you're going to be successful in this industry, mm-hmm. you have to have a lot of patience. You have to be a really good listener. And you have to take the time to really think about who's on the other side of the table from Mm -hmm. you what are they really looking for what are they really looking to achieve what are they really trying to say and the the more that you can understand that the better partner that you can be i love it um this has already got me excited for this year's (laughs) festival so you're invited you're all invited (laughs) perfect um i'll have to wait a few more months because i feel like we had to get through summer first yes (laughs) but thank you for joining us jen uh we've had a great conversation and it's always nice to shine a light on things that are involving the sponsorship world but you know you always think about sports but people forget that it's a huge industry the sponsorship industry is Mm -hmm. so what what i'm trying to do with this series is make sure that we're having conversations on all facets whether it be you be on the agency side um you know working for different properties like yourself in the film industry we want to have those conversations and this is a great start to that well thank you so much for inviting me i think it's great what you're doing here and uh i highly encourage any marketer to consider getting experience specifically in the the partnerships world because it's a a special special experience You heard it here first. Um, Okay, so to our listeners, if you enjoyed the conversation, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way of showing your support for the series. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sponsor Talk, and then join our LinkedIn community. We have some great conversations uh, with the sponsorship space, and we're trying to bring the community together through accessible conversations around sponsorship. So thanks, everyone. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll, we'll see you soon.